Sooners of Oklahoma, 12-0, and still looking for respect nationwide. kind of leads us into talking about the OU offense, which puts up 34 points. You're an offensive guy, as everybody knows. It didn't feel like they played horribly on offense. The explosives were there. However, it never felt like they were able to, to seize control and own the moment like we've seen teams in the past. I think fans dmac they're just accustomed to it right when when k-state goes up 14 nothing ou i believe is able to force a punt on that third possession get the ball back they don't score force a punt on the next possession i believe they do score and then they score one more and all of these were late first quarter second quarter and then it's a little bit of back and forth, a field goal here instead of a touchdown. Second half, you saw the offensive line open up some stuff in the run game, it seemed, and you felt, you know, you kept feeling like OU was going to start to lean on something and take control and, and see what and see the offense do what it's done time and time again because you know the coverage probably a little less bare on that side of the ball than it is on the defensive side of the ball. But there's still guys who need to, you know, positions that need to shore up. But even with all the explosives, they're, they're outgamed gained in time of possession by almost 10 minutes. And I know that matters a little bit less than the way OU runs offense. But in this game, it felt like it was kind of critical that they sustained a few drives, especially those first couple. So first talking macro big picture, did the offense was it as bad as at certain points as as the fans think was it maybe better than we think or, or was it just more of a this position group did well this position group really left a lot to be desired but what was your assessment you know uh there's a book called good to great and and I looked at our offense. You know, it's funny. If you look at it from a, a growth mindset, we got better. We played against a better opponent uh, who have better players and have um, – we got one sack on the night. Okay, We had over 200 yards rushing. We had over 300 yards passing. We have multiple guys with, re with, with touchdowns. We have multiple guys with explosive plays. And uh, we lost. And so when you look at that, Right. The, the, you got to look at it in a vacuum and then you got to look at it holistically. Right. So in a vacuum, it was not good enough. I mean, period. We started out slow. The offense is in the same game as the defense. The defense, the offense sees the defense give up a touchdown. I believe a Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield led team says, screw that. We're not letting our you know team go down. We're going to score again or we're going to score as well. I believe a Kyler Murray-led football team says, nah, bruh, we're not going to let y'all just run away with it because the offense goes out, we lay in a granite, we have a drop, I believe Farouk drops that first little, I don't know what the hell that little screen on the edge deal is. I mean, you know you know, you know, know, people make fun of that play, right? But they don't know how many times that play has led to a, a, a pump and go. 
So when people say, oh, I hate that screen on the edge. Yeah, well, that screen, that screen on the edge is what led to Marcus Major's touchdown when we did the double pass. It's led to a pump and go for Marvin Mims. It's led to uh, Willis catching that ball up the seam when he went to go act like he was blocking it. He did a fox. A fox is a fake block, and then you go up the sideline. So the play has its purpose. We have not blocked it well. If our receivers block it well, it's a very positive play for us. Um, but nonetheless, we started slow. We started slow against Nebraska. We started slow against Kent State, right? We didn't start slow against Utah. We came out the gates. But the last three games, there's a part of the game where if we're one of those teams that say we're an offensive juggernaut and we're a playoff caliber team, you play against a K-State. I said it in the pregame. If we score, stop, score, stop, and then any kind of field goal score, the game is over in the second quarter because their whole brand of football is to make it muddy and to put you in the position that they put us in, which is why they were focused on it. So in a vacuum, we weren't good enough. Obviously, we'll talk about position groups in a little more detail, but as a team, we got to own that. There is seriously an issue with the very first eight minutes of the game and what either it's the script or we're coming out flat or we're passive. I, I would hate to say scared, but that first eight game, first eight minutes matters. And it you could see the urgency in K-State. Oh, they had it. Mm. They had it. So that's in a vacuum. From a, you know, ultra wide lens camera where you're doing a panoramic picture and, you know what I'm saying, you're looking at things from a seasonal standpoint, that's a solid game. 550 yards or more in total offense. The quarterback throws for four tugs. Multiple receivers have explosive plays. I think we identify a lead dog. At least he was the lead dog on, on yesterday night. I also hope he's put to bed some people's concerns um, about zero gray being a dude. You talked about it early in the season that you saw the, the physical makeup. He does look just thicker in his lower half, and we can see him breaking through tackles and having more physicality. So we see, you know, uh, that offseason regimen helping him. But, yeah, I, I don't think all of a sudden we got a team. Somebody said, we're going to lose five games. Like, you're wild and you're bugging. You know, there's two or three teams in a conference that have the same type of mentality as K-State, and we played K-State. There's two more. And K State, if we if we stop a third and sixteen, it's anybody's game. So it's not like we just, you know, someone said they whooped you guys up and down the field. True to a degree, but this is not the Lincoln Wiley game where they just beat us up and we look like a limp dog. That didn't happen. Our guys fought back. Our offensive line went against the best defensive line they've played all year, and they gave up one sack, and it was really a coverage sack and a point in the game where we had to pass every single play. And and to be honest with you, Dylan held the ball long again. He could have, he could have, he he didn't have to get sacked on that play. Uh, receivers again, man, what can we say? You know, Mims probably could have blocked a little better on the edge. Farouk had a drop or two, but other than that, he was he was he was stout. Uh, man, Weiss makes a phenomenal play. Beats everybody to the crib, right? What what can uh what can Stoops do about the fact he beats his guy by four yards and the ball's four yards over his head? Like Stoops can't do anything about that. Now I will say this: everyone's complaining about Gabriel's throw on that fourth and five on that quick out. Yeah, it's not in the bread basket, but damn it, it's in both of his hands. If you ask Drake Stoops today if he should have caught that ball, he'd say yes. 
Hell yes, I should have caught it. It's my fault. I guarantee you'd say it. I watched it get the, the deal three or four times. It's a little early. It's a little hot. It's a little low. It goes right through his hands. As a receiver, you catch that ball. He catches that ball 89 times out of 100. But as a group, sure, the receivers played well. As a group, sure, right? The running backs played well. They didn't give up a bunch of sacks. They ran the ball hard. Gray goes over 100 yards again. I think Gray, I think Gray had a higher yard per carry than Deuce did. Yep. No one's going to talk about that. Yep. No one wants to talk about that, right? Major came in, and he didn't have anything ridiculous, but he played winning football, right? Look at the tight end group, right? Willis scores two touchdowns. Yes, sir. I know, I know, I know. I was like, doing some other stuff. <laughs> I think he's back in the head too. I think he's back yeah, ahead, bro. I think he's yes, up. I think I'm he's up one. You, man, I wish I would have <laughs> on it. By the way, I'll bet you right now he doesn't have it at the end of the season. You want to bet? Yeah. Dinner, steak dinner. dinner. I like. I like. I, I only can eat fillet. My doctor says I can't eat fat, so I can't eat ribeyes anymore. So you lucked out. You lucked out that I can't have a ribeye. But I can still eat a fillet, and I want it uh, medium rare. So just FYI, best. To, I, and, and if I win, we're going to Tulsa. So give me whatever the one, the best one Tulsa has to offer. If I win, if you win, you got to come to Norman, and and I'll get you, you know, something in the Norman, Oklahoma City area. Let's do it. Let's do it. If he wins the touchdown, anyway, you got me. Here you go. You got me way over here. <laughs> <laughs> Tight ends, but right, we talking about this wide lens, this macro lens. Tight ends, two touchdowns. There was no glaring. You know, issue with them on the outside just getting whooped. How about the catch on that uh, smashing flag? By the way, beautiful play design. Someone, someone said, why doesn't he run that play sooner? I actually was thinking to myself, like, dude, this is a dope play. Why haven't we run his play yet today? They start out in uh, twins to the boundary. They, they, I think it's we, so it's Farouk. They put him in motion, and it just leaves uh, one receiver, and it leaves – it leaves uh, Willis as the, you know, he's he's strong left. He's on the left side of our formation, and he runs that speed corner or just running away from the safety. And Dylan throws a, Dylan throws a ball harder to catch than the one Drake Stoops drops. Go look at the touchdown that Willis catches, the 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 second touchdown. Yeah, it's a tougher catch than the one Drake drops. Drake should have caught that ball. wasn't perfect. It was hot. He he was open enough to where he could have just threw him a nerf. Like he could, he probably could get 10 more yards if he throws him a nerf and lets him face up the DB and give him a little wiggle. But we need to catch. He doesn't catch the ball. Willis does. So tight ends check. O line check. 200 yards rushing. One sack check. Running backs check. Receivers check. You know, the only position left to talk about is quarterback. And I think we'll talk about him in a little more details here in a sec. But from the standpoint of OU, if you told me we scored 34 points, are we going to win or lose? I would have told you we win by two scores heading into that game. So offensively, I think we're a lot closer where people need to be. Yes, of course, we missed some throws. Yes, of course, we left some points on the field. And I think there is something to it now. I think there's something to it in terms of our quarterback's uh, strengths and areas he makes good throws and areas where he needs to continually improve. We'll talk about that as well. But I don't, I'm not going to sit here and blame them, but I'm good to great. I go back to good to great. Dylan and the offense was good. Baker and those guys would have made sure we got 42. Ooh. Kyler and those guys would have made sure we got 42. I believe Hertz, Hertz legs would have been the difference 
in a possession or two, and he would have extended some drives that would have canceled a couple punts, canceled a couple of their possessions, and put the ball in the end zone maybe once or twice. So from that perspective, Barry, it sucks, right? But he's kind of got the rule of relativity working against his favor. Like, dude, you're going to be judged relative to your, you know, counterparts the last decade. And it just happens to be two Heisman winners, one Heisman finalist, you know, and then a couple of, uh, a couple of, uh, you know, special guys who, you know, they, they flamed out, but, uh, Dylan, that's what you're dealing with when you come to OU. UCLA, you probably don't have this pressure. You're at Oklahoma, brother. And when you're at Oklahoma, we, we you know, our coaches get fired when they're good. Uh, Gibbs is synonymous with good. People said he got fired because he was good. Like at Oklahoma, we don't like good. We want great. And so I'm looking forward to him improving because there are certain areas of his game where if he can make some minor tweaks and be a little more consistent, um, I don't know if it's a technique issue because I'm not really that that keen on, re- on quarterbacks and what you know what all that follow through stuff needs to look like, but I do know areas of the field and I do know how receivers and, and offenses scheme balls to go and where they sh- and how they should look. And there's definitely an area of the field where he's been deficient and he needs to improve. What are your thoughts? So he ends up 26 of 39. I mean, and is it fair to say if that's a 32 of 39 that OU probably wins the game. I think that's pretty. <laughs> Did you just ask me that question? I was I was taking a sip of my Sprite. Yeah. Did you say? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> ask everybody. There's two throws everybody wishes he had back, and we all know which two they are. Yeah. So, I mean, he, four touchdowns. The guy played well, right? Just not to the standard. The one thing I guess we did bury the lead a little bit because the the fans were were bitching about this. And you mentioned K-State's front. K-State, obviously the most talent that OU has played um, on in that front seven all year. It seemed like they had a lot of the inside run going. A lot of the stuff that Lebby wants to do with with uh with eric gray with zero back there they were able to do even with 24 to a degree and you saw them kind of go back and forth really well it felt like there was some stuff going it felt like the issues in the run game and in the offense in general was the blocking on the perimeter but man you've got fourth and one you are in plus territory you're you're nearing goal to go territory. The game is on the freaking line, and you get a false start penalty. You get a delay of game. You have another opportunity on another drive or two down the road. Another false start. At what point do do the players have to take ownership and and how much can you put on the coaches when it comes to things like that and this is more of kind of a, a small thing and i know people are going to say well that's the rule and that i get it but the defensive substitution stuff just drives me freaking insane that they the ou subbed a guy out with eight I want to say it was 17 or 18 seconds left. 17 seconds. Okay, so that, right around there. To me, it is egregious. 
and unreasonable that it takes 17 seconds, or maybe it was like 15 if we really want to be technical, for a defensive player to get on the field. I get that's the rule, and you've got to exploit it. And he's a good coach over there, man. And he said, we're going to run our slowest guy out on the field. We're going to take our sweet-ass time. And I want you to not get there in a hurry, big man. Loaf around and, and, and chill all the way down, putting that hand in the dirt. And they they utilize it. No, you got to delay a game. I don't like that. However, the false starts and some of the other penalties that, that they had were just so costly, man. And even those, we talked about um, DG and, and the completions making a difference. But even if you just don't have a handful of those false starts, so... So what, what I want to kind of get at is, is how much ownership did those guys take of that and how much is actually on the coaches at the college level, especially, man. I mean, I remember that stuff with myself playing football and just like lower levels, freshman ball, eighth grade. Like that was just in day one stuff. Know the snap count. If you're a receiver, watch the ball, like no when you need to move so so what happens and why do, do those mistakes happen at pressure situations like that because we're breaking old habits right we still got guys who in that moment you know it, the moment's bigger than them i mean at the end of the day there's two teams in the same scenario and granted k-state has a little bit less pressure because they were up a possession but they didn't have those same issues like we did. They had a couple. They, they, I think they had one or two false starts too, but we had critical moments. Like you said, I think it's fourth and two or fourth and one. We're getting ready to go for it. And, and you know, the O-line jumps, right? So for me, that's a player issue. Uh, primarily, it's a player issue. That's on the player. Like as, as an O-lineman, we've got to be better than that. As a quarterback, we've got to be better than that, right? As a wide receiver, we've got to be better than that. I've got to say in this moment, I got to do my job and I got to be 100% locked in and focused. Number one is a snap count. Like you said, you learned that in peewee football. I learned the snap count in peewee football. Now, uh, to the question about the substitution, you know what's crazy? And, and by the way, people are going to hate it, but I just like to tell the truth. Lincoln Riley dominated that. Lincoln Riley dominated the substitution rule, and we all want to see him crash and burn. I hoped that they would have lost in Corvallis myself. They didn't. But I got to give it up to that was one area of his scheme where we killed teams on substitutions. We He would package plays where we did need to substitute, and one time we're in 11, and the next time it looks like we're in 10, and then the next time it looks like we're in 12. And it looks like we've got two tight ends, zero tight ends, one back, three back, and it's because we've got these pieces that are multifaceted. So it kind of shot us in the foot last night. It really did. But at the end of the day, like you said, the other coach gets access to the rule. And what we should have is a kill for our our, um, our cadence. When that gets tight, kill, kill, kill. That means first down we're going. That way we don't get a penalty. And I don't know if we had to put a guy in motion. I think we put a guy in motion, which is why we lost those last two seconds and it was a penalty. But that's just a part of the chess match, and I don't have a problem with it. I honestly don't. From a coach's perspective, it comes a cultural issue if it rears its ugly head again. 
right? People make fun of Dallas. They were the most penalized. I'm talking about the Dallas Cowboys, most penalized team in the NFL last year. They always try to throw the 49er loss on penalties, which is not true. Jimmy G did everything he could to give that game away. The 49ers dominated the game. Like, I'm like, what are we, are we all watching the same game? 49ers were dominating the game. Jimmy G throws a pick six and, you know, trips all over himself and the game gets tight. But the Cowboys didn't get that reputation because of one game, or at least Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy got that reputation because it happened to him in, in, when he was in Green Bay. And then when he came to, uh, you know, the Dallas Cowboys, all of a sudden Green Bay's cleaned up. And then all of a sudden the Dallas Cowboys have penalty issues. And then they're going into the preseason. I think their first preseason game, preseason game, they had like 17, you know, penalties. So that part is when it gets to a coaching issue. I don't know that as of right now, I would say the coaches are doing something wrong. They clearly need to find a means of correction, right? Because it cost us points just flat out, cost us momentum, could have cost us the game. We don't know, right? Um, But it's something that they're going to talk about in film. It's something that, you know, they're going to create some um, alternatives so that they're not a consistent issue. And then we'll we'll see what happens at TCU. We'll see what happens at UT. We'll see what happens down the road against the Baylors and the Techs and the uh, the Iowa States and the rest of the guys in the, in the conference. If it's a continual matter, yes, then I'll start looking at coaches. But for one game, we had, I think everybody got one. I think like Murray had one. And I think 72 had one. And, you know, I think, I think there were quite a few. And then the delay game happens and takes a third and four and turns it into a 39. That's something where to me, it felt like the moment was too big for the guys on the field. Again, I just go back to Jay Hype. Jay Hype, we would have looked at each other and he says, hey, dude, we're not going to run curl routes. We're going to run shake routes. I just look back to, to, to Bake and Bake's like, hey, bro, you know what I'm saying? We're going to, you know, we're going to run this action. Hey, you know, Hollywood, you know, run here, CD, hit that. I'm going to hit your ass. Don't worry. If he's on you, I'm going to put it where you can only get it. Go make a play. I just feel like Kyler would have just broke the pocket and went and got nine and just tried it back like it was no big deal. In that moment, we got a lot of guys that are good. We need some guys to step up and be great. Because here's the thing about football, Barry. Adversity is going to happen. Hey, what happened to uh, K-State? We had a third and four, and it turned into third and nine. They had a third and 16. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, Martinez didn't, like, we didn't, everyone didn't lay down and say, hey, bro, you got it. When the play needed to be made, he went and made the play. That is the part of our current makeup where we need to identify more dudes on offense and defense. I know we're talking specific offense here, but like that's Dylan Gabriel. I want to, I, I think all of Sooner Nation wants to see Dylan get a little bit more excited. I think we all want to see Dylan get a little bit more energetic. I think we want to see Dylan show a little bit more moxie. Make the throw and be excited. Not when you score a touchdown. That's front runner. Not when, you know, it's already said and done. Go make that third and 12. It'd be interesting to go look at the stats. And obviously, K-State's probably one of the first teams where we got ourselves in that scenario. But it would be interesting to see. It seems to me, and tell me if I'm wrong, Barry, please interrupt me or correct me. But, like, it feels to me when we have third and eight, nine, or ten, we're kind of just willing to punt. Is, is is that something you is that a symptom you've seen too, or am I tripping? Uh, no, I think you're right. I think in this game too. Well, I mean, one the 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 third down percentage, and no, you've been in quite a few of them. It's just not been great. But there was multiple 
possessions where they end up in man third and seven third and six and they're going to get like four assuming they're going to try and go for it on fourth down um, on a handful of those but just that their success rate and play calling on third and honestly a third and seven back when Baker and Baker and Kyler were playing felt like a layup you know once you got right yeah so I mean it was they knew exactly where they were going you saw the right concept, concept come out a ton they'd run Hollywood and I don't know and maybe you can say something to this too I don't think they have that go-to identity just yet I think you saw it a little bit late um, when they needed to move the sticks, you saw Farouk, I believe, in the slot come across and, and Dylan just trying to put it on his numbers. You saw them revert to that quite a bit. Um, obviously, they go to Mims. It does feel like Farouk is stepping up quite a bit. It feels like these past two games, and the stats bear this out, that he's really come on strong. I think he's picking up the offense maybe a little bit better just gaining some confidence, but I just don't know yet if, you know, when Baker and might've been Kyler's year, when OU needed a first down and that this was Kyler's year, you would see them split CD out wide. And if he had the matchup, he would wave his hands and say <laughs> over here, right here and you knew priests you the defender knew where the ball was going the entire country knows where the ball was going but they just did it with so much confidence and those guys knew that they were going to make a play i don't think they have that yet and i don't think i think mims is close but mims isn't a cd lamb he's probably not a hollywood brown um i think they need to find that to to get because those are your third down makers man i mean that is those are your guys when you need a play even if it's a mark andrews maybe Braden willis has to be that guy when yeah. you need yeah. a pickup you have Good got take. to have an identity of where you want to go with the ball and i just <laughs> don't know if they've got that yet and let me say this I was just getting ready to say well 99 we weren't as sure and then 2000 we knew exactly but again, I can't give Dylan a pass. Like you know, this offense, he's been in third and sevens in this in this offense in previous seasons. So even if the receivers aren't comfortable, you tell the receiver, "Hey, third and seven, I'm coming your way." You know which throws are comfortable for you. You know which ones are the ones you feel good about based upon personnel down in distance. I, I think there's a I think there's another level for Dylan. The more I the more we talk about this, in fact, I'm just kind of coming to this revelation now as we talk. Like Dylan needs to put more on his shoulders. DG, I'm talking to you, baby. Number eight, right? You're our cue, man. We love you. We rocking with you. Put a little bit more on your shoulders and have faith that you're going to get it done. We believe in you. We think you're going to get it done. I I 100 think you have it in you. It seems to me like just there's just a little corner of timid. You're just, it's just a little bit there. And I'm going to challenge you to say, go out there and play loose. Stop being afraid to make a mistake. We all know you haven't thrown a pick. Maybe you just need to throw one and get it off your back and say, man, let me go play ball. Because it seems like there's a little bit of eggshell under your cleats and you're, you know, you're a little uncomfortable. 
you 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 look a little uncomfortable being the the point guard at OU, and that's a that's a very sexy position to be in. It's a very very special position. The last twenty years, starting with Jay Hype, and then and then to Jason White, right, and then to Sam Bradford, right, and then these guys the last seven eight years, right, Bacon and Kyler and Hertz and the rest of the crew, like. You're in a position that no college can really say they can double. USC used to say, yeah, we had a, like, we kind of passed y'all up, bro. Y'all kind of sitting in the rear view, dog. Like, okay, y'all had y'all time, but this is our time. And I, I got it. They got our old kid and he's playing okay, but so what? They he, He's not enough to overcome what we've built the last 10 years. And, and DG's in that position. DG could be in the Heisman candidacy if he had thrown the balls to win the game on Saturday and he had not missed two or three wide open TDs earlier in the season. He has the completion percentage. He has the lack of turnovers. Oh, you would still be undefeated, a top five or six team in the country. He'd be squarely fit today in the Heisman conversation. And I don't think he's solving for that, but that's what OU needs from him. That's the cue we need to get where we want to go. Listen, we're not a championship caliber team, but don't get it twisted. That doesn't mean we can't get into the playoffs or could not have gotten into the playoffs. I don't know if we're still even going to be capable of doing it with the conference, but that falls on those shoulders. So seeing him, and I want to talk about this before we kind of get close to wrapping up. He throws a great deep ball. When, when Dylan has to throw a fade, he throws a phenomenal fade. He's thrown beautiful fades to Mims. He threw a great one to uh, to Farouk down there at, at, at Nebraska. Um, throwing to his left, throwing, excuse me, throwing to his right versus his left, he's a little less accurate throwing to his right. Yeah. And I think that was the issue the first couple of games of the season. Farouk generally lines up on the right-hand on the right -hand side, and then, of course, Mims is all over the field. And the split in or Weiss is on the left. But I think there were some issues with his throwing the ball for, as a lefty southpaw throwing to the right side of the field. And that's why Farouk was, was you know, lacking a little. But it also feels like in practice they practiced it and he's kind of correcting it. But the one area where I see uh, consistently our, our, our current quarterback is having areas where he's struggling is driving the ball over backers but still getting it to the receivers. Whenever he has to drive a ball, so it's the 17-yard in cut, it's the corner route in a cover two where you have to drive the ball in there. It's that bang eight post where the run, the receiver runs eight yards and he's he's cutting across the field at about 14 yards when he's getting to that bang eight, right? It's the seam route that Drake runs on Saturday up the side up the seam. It's right up the seam. He's just got to put it on his face. Instead, he throws it kind of like he's, you know, throwing a post. Um, that throw has been an issue for him. And, you know, I mean, Farouk has a touchdown. It's probably a 60-yarder. Drake scores. He's got his guy beat by three yards. And he, all he has to do is put the ball on him. He catches it, and he's walking in for a 40-yard touchdown. I think Willis had one, too. If, if it wasn't Nebraska, maybe it was Kent State. But there's been throws that he's left um, on the field that a varsity quarterback could make. A varsity quarterback can make those throws. And that's not an indictment on him. It's either a mechanical issue or it's a mental issue because he makes, you know, you see that slant he throws on on uh, third down, that fruit catches where the, the DB's right there. It's only one place that DG can put it. He puts it exactly where it needs to be, right? There's there's all types of plays where we can see the accurate, the, uh, the accuracy is there. 
It's a, it has to be some type of fundamental or technical or some mental issue because driving the ball between the hash marks left and right has been problematic for him. Um, and like you said, we got three more completions. We'll probably win that game. The completion of Drake puts all the pressure on them because they don't have a lead. By the way, that ties the game up. Um, the play to Mims. Mims runs the the cover the cover two shake route where he gets in between the safety and the corner. The corner is trying to sink. Phenomenal read. Mims is is one hundred percent in the right hole. He he throws it too hard, too hard on the line. It needs to have a little bit more. It needs to be a little lower. Right. Mims tries to jump and it doesn't look like he's got a twenty eight inch vert. Mims looks like he can jump a little bit. We totally missed it. So, you know, I'm looking at those plays and I'm saying to myself, again, I'm going to go back to this this uh, this theme from today's call. It's good to great. We don't care if Dylan's good. We want him to be great. And Dylan, in order to be great, you've got to make those plays. Those are not plays, you know, where guys are covered and you've got guys crawling down the back of you and you, you know, you're you're jumping out of there and you're and you're you're having at it. These are in rhythm, schemed plays. These those plays are schemed. That means they practice it and practice exactly how it looked and it and it came to fruition. You gotta hit those. You got to hit Drake. You got to hit Mims. You got to hit Drake on the five-yard out. Drake, literally, go watch it again. The DB's not there. He's not even in the play. If the ball's on his upfield shoulder, Drake can get seven or eight more yards, and we're cooking. And so, listen, I think we know Dylan knows these things, and I think we know, you know, he wants to correct these things. We just need to see him do so on the field. Man, you think you hit the nail on the head with the uh, the Drake – catch if that's a completion one of the things that's kind of gone understated and it will kind of move to kind of summing up the day a little bit and then wrapping things up they're batting 93 percent in the red zone this year they have gotten down there in goal to go territory and been effective like the the offensive line's been able to move guys when they get down there the issue has been getting drives going, getting that very, very first first down or maybe that second first down where they can get into their offense, get into their tempo. And I think that when we look back on this season, when we look, when we're five or six games from now, I think one of the things we're going to say offensively is they were able to get out. If they end up Let's say they run off four, five, six wins right here. If they end up doing that, a large part of that, because I think the defense can make improvements like we talked about, but I think the for this team to keep winning how they want to win, or in this case, start winning how they want to win, I think the offense is going to have to pick up a little bit more of the slack than maybe they thought they would have to. And that's going to be on on number eight man that's just he's the guy he's the man he's the one who has to stand back there he gets all the credit cred and he you know gets all the blame but he's the one who's it's got to go through him uh but they're still they're averaging seven yards of play which is pretty solid um third downs have not been great for the year 40 percent um not the worst in the country but not oklahoma standard good um man just kind of summing things up and i know we want to get to your uh 10 thoughts um we'll probably move that to 
kind of a separate podcast so people make sure to subscribe follow all that good stuff but um good balance offensively the defense still has a ways to go what is the temperature of this team right now heading into tcu you know it's interesting bro i think it's a crossroads man uh, and I don't want to make it out to be a big deal. It's not like, oh, my God, let's stick our heads in the sand. The sky is falling. I don't think it's something like that. But these guys bought into a culture and a, and a shift um, and and a routine and a formula that, that they believe. I, I bet they believe they were going to go to uh, the playoff this year. If, if I, I think if I would ask the guys, they would say, hell yeah. And so, you know, they got punched in the mouth. Again, I want to make sure I differentiate this game versus some of the games that we played the last four, three to five years. It's not the identical game. I saw those games where we got punched and we punked out. We didn't punk out. We ran out of time and we made some mistakes. And I'm not making excuses. I'm just telling you what I saw. So, you know, but you are who you think you are. I firmly believe that. And I think prior to this game, we thought we were, you know, uh, a prize fighter you know, top contender. And I think after getting put on the canvas and, and you know, losing about, I'm interested to see if these guys are going to show some resilience or if they are going to, you know, again, revert back to yesteryear, right? Yester month, um, you know, yester season. And so I, I'm interested to see what, you know, the, the week's going to look like. I'll be, you know, tapping in and, and getting word from individuals to see, you know, what is practice looking like? Are they physical? You know, what's the demeanor? You know, what's the people's mental makeup? You know, things like that nature to see what's going on with our guys. But it's all boils down to Saturday. Oklahoma is, is you know, when we don't win a championship for two years, something's wrong, right? And, and, and Link obviously snuck out the back door and, you know, I don't care what anybody says. I'm going to put on my tinfoil cap here and say that, uh, you know, he lost that game on purpose so that he could go SoCal. But this year, I, the expectation is a, is a Big 12 championship. I don't give a damn what people say. We win championships at OU. That's what we do. So, like, okay, you know, obviously playoffs and all that stuff is, is on the horizon. But when we won the Natty, we weren't running for a national championship. The whole entire season, our, our goal was a Big 12 championship. Because if we get to the Big 12 championships, all the rest of our goals would be in sight. So I'm looking at the team, right? Here's what I'm hoping happens. Some of the usual suspects step up and they level up because we need them to. I'm talking to you, Grimes. I'm talking to you, Downs. I'm talking to you, Stuntsman. I'm talking to you, DG. I'm talking to you, Mims. I'm talking to you, you know, some of those guys in the O-line. But I also hope some of those unusual suspects. I hope this creates a platform. I'd like to see Key Lawrence and see if he can be a leader. I I, I want to see I want to see if Kanik is a guy who can come in and be a Rocky Kalmus and as a freshman garner the respect of the team and be an individual the team knows that they can depend on. Right? I want to see if Farouk be a guy who says, "You know what? You know, we know what some of the other guys' ceilings are. They've been in the program raw. You don't know my ceiling. You, what you don't know is I'm better than you've shown me already." And I want to see a DG. To me, DG doesn't strike me as a as as a captain. He doesn't strike me like hype Hi, D Mac, I need you to go catch this curl. Can you beat him inside? I'm gonna get inside. If I if you get if you can't get inside, I'm gonna throw a pick. If you get inside, it's a first down. Can you get inside? I'm gonna get inside. Like we had those conversations. He's walking. Hey, D Mac, I'm coming back to you. I want to see DG show that on the field because it, it brings up presence. By the way, it's crazy, right? Everyone thinks Martinez is is all got all these mental issues. Martinez was a leader on Saturday. 
I don't know what he's done the rest of his career. He's a guy who people say all these things and I, but on Saturday, he was a leader and his guys fed off his energy. So be good to see how they respond. A little adversity doesn't hurt anybody unless you are one of the individuals who were, you know, in a fairy tale land thinking we were going to go undefeated, like unequivocally. Then I think we still have a lot of what we were initially talking about fighting for in front of us versus one game that's behind us. And we need leaders to emerge. I just don't want to see the same old paper tigers, the same old, you know, you know, stripes or, or dots on a leopard. I don't want to see those same guys get chirping and then getting burned or getting beat or getting out physical, right? Or mental busts. So I said it last week. I said the next two weeks will let us know who we are this week, which is going to be clear and easy. We'll, we'll see how well we respond to adversity as we put up for Texas. How about yourself, brother? Here's what I would say to, to the the sky is falling is the general sentiment every time. Oh, you and it should be right. This is for a real program. This is what a loss actually should look and feel like. You know who we're talking about. Um, it matters so much that you don't want it to happen again. You know that the the players feel that way. And, you know, it kind of goes unsaid, but in 2017, OU lost to a much lesser Iowa State team that was not near the caliber of this Kansas State team. Um, this Kansas State team was still held in high some people pick this team to win the conference this year like that's how much people respected this k-state team but in 2017 one of the greatest offenses that has ever been put on turf went out there laid a dud didn't score a whole bunch of points 2018 team goes out and loses to texas 2019 they go out there and it's k-state of course and in 2020 K-State gets them, but Iowa State also was there as well. And that was a little bit different situation because of COVID. But the, the point is, most teams get to the playoff with one loss anyways, right? So I'm not saying that that's where OU's heading. They, to me, still have a ways to go to compete with the, the Ohio State you've seen this year with the Alabamas you've seen this year. They seem like they've got their stuff back on track a little bit, obviously with your Georges. So if you're being the reasonable fan who has, you know, hopeful expectations, a Big 12 championship trophy is still right there for this team to take. And they're going to need fan support, um, both at the games from afar. Um, and, and the goals are there, man. It's not that unreasonable to think that this team which looked good these previous three games can go out here and really do something it is it is not unreasonable to say that if this team pulls it together with this personnel composite rankings that say this is a top eight top six team in the country when it comes to just talent that is that is in the locker room in norman this team is ready to go i i think that if the mentality and the culture don't kind of, this is that point where you can diverge and go one way or the other. 
if it doesn't get too far off the rails and and coach venables is able to be the leader that i think everybody all thinks he is i think they pulled this thing together and I, I think they use it as a springboard to to do something more and and we'll just kind of see see where it takes us um but uh dmac the people you have done this for years and the people love it they want to hear it now and we're going to have some big announcements coming very very soon but we're going to do the very first damian mackey dmax 10 thoughts right here on the barry and max show we, we might even have to make some like art like different art my graphic <laughs> artist and just do like a dmac 10 thoughts graphic design hey a lot of people don't even know the story behind that but guys for probably the last i don't know three four years after every game i i used to publicize you know my thoughts on the game good bad or indifferent i generally do it by position groups started with the head coach and then going all the way down and um, it's something that, you know, I, I think it, it'll probably be something very on game day, probably that we can record that day and have available that night. So it's something we'll, you know, we're trying to figure out how we're going to proceed moving forward. But I, I essentially what that means is I need to learn how to do it. Like I need to, you know, I need to grow up and get better with technology. Exactly. But guys, I'm excited about it. Ten thoughts. It's really important to me. Um, if you like it, all good. Participate. You know, I generally ask for people to give feedback at the end. So we'll see what your feedback looks like. Uh, you can direct that to the IG page or Twitter. But these are 10 things I'm thinking about after the OU game against K-State um, game that, you know, I feel like obviously coming up short and being the less physical team of the two, being the team that probably had more mental issues and concerns than the others in terms of pre-snap penalties and such. We didn't dominate the takeover takeaway game. We didn't dominate special teams. So these were 10 things I'm thinking about. Number one is coach. Coach BV, especially in your very first season as a college football coach, everything's a learning lesson. We're going to be the polarizing ones. We're going to be the emotional ones. We're going to be the ones calling for jobs and saying who sucks and talking about which individuals are good, bad, or indifferent. You're inside of that program, and you've got to be in control, calm, cool, and collected, getting those troops ready to play on Saturday. So for you, Coach, I'm really interested to see how you address the week because here's what we both know. Film doesn't lie there is now film available and ready to you to show your team to show your upperclassmen to show your starters to show your puppies to show the kids who have flashed early in the season there's now reason to say uh with quantitative data hey we're going in this direction now and here's why so I'm hopeful that the film that we saw from Saturday night uh, from the game we saw Saturday night will be used for you to correctively move your personnel in a space that will be most beneficial to the program because we did see it. And I heard you say it. Some people reared some old, bad habits, emphasis on old because the new guys don't have them. The new guys don't have habits from the prior seasons where when they make a mistake, they compound it. When they make a bust, they bust again. Or when something's happened, they sit and react instead of being a proactive person who's aggressive and assertive. So I'm looking forward to that, coach. I'm looking forward to that continued conversation about championship DNA. 
right? The difference between, you know, good and great, the difference between the teams that are decent and the teams that win it are those guys make plays when it matters. I'm looking forward to some intentionality and some purposeful practice and preparation on what's going to happen on third and medium. Because all the third downs that matter, they got them. All the third downs that get mattered for us, we did it. We got penalties. We went backwards. Or we just ducked our head and quietly jogged off the sideline. Right? So championship DNA. Next, we're going to go to the quarterback. Um, Dylan had a great game. By the way, people want him to be like, they, they, you know, they're talking about him like he's a scrub. They're talking about him like, you know, he doesn't bring, like the kid had a great game, man. The numbers don't lie. However, the question he's got to ask himself is relative to his peers. What do you want to be remembered? Do you want to be Gary Gibbs or do you want to be Bob Stoops? That's the question. I don't think anyone can question whether or not he's going to throw, you know, three, four touchdowns a game. He's going to make something happen with his legs. It's two weeks in a row. He made some quality plays with his feet. The question we want to know is, does he have the gumption? Right. When I was on the team, we called him gorilla nuts. Excuse my candor. Does he have gorilla nuts or does he have peanuts? Dang, that's kind of that's kind of rude to say it that way, but that's how we used to say it when we were on the squad, because we want to know if he wants to be good or be great. He's he's firmly in the Heisman conversation if he connects on the gimmies that he should have connected on this season. And that's just telling the truth. Relatively speaking, relatively speaking, you want to be closer to Trevor Knight, you want to be closer to Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield. You gotta, I mean, he's 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 under the helm. He's gotta ask those himself those questions. We're excited, by the way. I'm cheering for you, I'm vying for you. I think you're gonna get it done, but, but I wanna know. As a student fan, I wanna know. Running backs, I think we've identified a lead dog. Um, Gray came in, played well. I like the position Major was in. By the way, there's gonna be some games where Major dominates and has more plays, and he's the, the you know the game plan is gonna be better suited for him. But it was it's good to see the running back game coming back multiple weeks in a row and the guys making plays. I think this is kind of retribution for Gray, putting him in a position to be an individual who like he he you know I don't know that he's on the level as uh, Bijan or something like that, but he's elevating himself. He's making himself some money. He's going to be a guy who's going to – he continues to play the way he's playing right now. He could absolutely be a guy on Sunday. Tight ends, quietly but deadly, right? We got Willis. I think he had five catches, two TDs. He made a couple of beautiful catches that mattered. Both of his TDs were actually acrobat catches. Um, he's showing that he's definitely a part of the backbone of this offense. Didn't see Parker get too much action um, out there on Saturday. Again, I think they shortened down the substitution deal, but uh, good to see the Titans play hard. O-line, when you don't hear a lot about the O-line, that means something good. We got to clean up the mental errors, the pre-snap errors. That that killed us. We left points on the field, but I got to tell you, I'm proud of you guys. 530-plus yards, 200 yards rushing. Quarterback stayed cleaning up right most of the day. We played from behind a lot of the game. I think we threw the ball over 35, 36 times, and we gave up one sack, and it was really a covered sack. So from the offensive side of the ball, clearly not – excited and impressed about what we did but we're making progress i remember when people were saying the defense is lights out and the offense is going to be miles behind i can't say that anymore 10 thoughts number six guys i want to talk about the wide receivers it looks to me like again it's a theme right they're good they're good theo is good 
He makes that catch. He doesn't get caught. By the way, he looked a little lumbering. Uh, he need to open up and breathe a little bit, brother. But you made the play. You got to the end zone. Mims is a stud. Definitely a guy that, you know what I'm saying, we see emerging as a nationally uh, respected guy. Uh, Farouk is, is, is stepping up as well. He's being a guy that we can see is going to make some plays and continue to get better. Looking forward to seeing those guys. They play winning football on Saturday. We got to clean up the blocking. And we got to catch the ones that matter. Drake, I know, if, I know if I had the opportunity to speak to you, you would have said, man, I should have caught that ball. I got the proper depth. I came on my cut. The ball was on me a little faster than I anticipated, but I could have made the play. I know you say it. Make the play next Saturday, son. D-line. D-line, this is a call out. I'm calling you guys out because we're putting a lot of pressure and strain and strife and anxiety on our defense because you guys did not play up to the par of what that defense needs for it to do what it needs to do in the back end. You guys got praised. You guys got sacks. You were leading the country in tackles for loss. We had guys, multiple guys with multiple sacks and multiple big plays. And on Saturday, you got nothing, nothing. Defensive line, I'm calling you out, especially the DNs. I'm calling out 14. I'm calling out 40. I'm calling out eight. I'm calling out 33. And to the puppy, you need to get healthy. I was told you would have made a difference on Saturday. I know you got an injury. Get yourself in, get yourself in that uh, training room and get yourself healthy. DNs, it's unacceptable. That was unacceptable on Saturday. Unacceptable. One play on the stat sheets between our two starting DNs who are both returning contributors? Not okay. Absolutely not. D tackles <clears throat> continue when we needed to press that pocket and get Martinez to 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 fold or to fall or to not have anywhere to go. He was he. There were many occasions where he ran right up the a gap, and sometimes we blitz. But I'm calling out the D line. You guys got to play better. It starts with you guys. Coach V's defense is the defense we needed to be. When you guys are the dogs, we need you to be backers. Sometimes stats lie, linebackers. Sometimes they do. I'm looking at the stats and I'm saying, man, DU, 15 tackles. Man, Stuntsman, 10 tackles. Man, White, seven tackles. So? So? How many of those tackles were on third down and they needed eight and we got them at five? How many of those tackles were behind the line of scrimmage? How many of those tackles resulted in a strip or a sack? How many of those tackles, uh, you know, happened and we and we depleted the guy and we separated ball from player? It seemed to me on Saturday night that most of those tackles were you guys grabbing and going on for a ride. And again, this is not a call out. I'm just telling the truth. Linebackers, you guys have been a, a position group that we've had faith such so far this season that you guys were going. In fact, I, I'll take it a step further. I think Coach V's talking to you guys about bad habits. I don't know anything, but I will watch film and I know my old coach. He's my coach. He's been my coach. So I can always claim him as my coach. I know how he gets down. I think some of those old habits are directed at you guys. I'm challenging you guys to trust your technique, trust your coaches. And I'm going to say a term that I used to love hearing coach say all the time. Pull the trigger. Stop waiting. Pull the trigger. If you don't, there's a couple puppies behind you that will. One being number seven. That kid pulls the trigger fast. Cock, double barrel, boom, he's shooting. 
the gap. He's shooting the hole. Pass breakup, forced fumble, fumble recovery. All right, backers pull the trigger. Secondary. I feel like the secondary is feeling their, uh, reading their clips a little bit. Everyone's talking about Bowman's going to be an All-American. Well, it's not an All-American Saturday. By the way, son, play great football. Definitely uh, you're somebody who the defense is learning that they can depend on. You're a good last le- lot of defense. You're smart. You're savvy. You're around the ball. You make plays. You're, you know, you, you tap a ball away in the end zone, man. That was a great play. But I'm going to challenge you to go be an All-American. Everyone tells me how great you are with the ball. I can't wait to see you take the ball from the offense and show us. All-Americans do. All-conference guys do. That's what they do. By the way, Woody, I'm talking to you. Right, Woody, you gave up your first TD this year. I got you. He bodied you up. He took a slant and took the inside, and the quarterback put it right on him. Like, you know, he boxed you out. <laughs> but you guys can't settle for good, man. You're earning probably fifty dollars to $100,000 every single game you lock things down. I praised the hell out of you last week. And, 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 and you missed some tackles in space, and it wasn't your best game, but you weren't out there scrubbing it up either, man. I want you guys to know you're great. Nine play winning football, you're a little light. When people, you know, they shouldn't be able to run those quick screens on you. A lot of those quick screens were run on you. Jaden Davis made some plays. All right. So for the safeties and the corners, again, I, I, I don't have a lot of critiques except to say you guys need to clean things up. Uh, you guys left a lot on the field as well. We, we gave up a TD. That's something that we don't uh, typically do. We missed a lot of tackles in space. All right. And then we got some guys that need to really, really do some soul searching and saying, am I doing what's best for the team? We really do. And I get it. Coach is going to put the guys in the field they think are the best, you know, to go get it done. But, I, you know, part of it is on you, too. If you're on the field, make sure you represent that interlocked OU. That interlocked OU means everything to me, it means everything to alumni, it means everything to the individuals that blood, sweat, tears or went to OU or his family went to OU or is from Oklahoma. Don't go out there and on film, you look like you're being lazy. Don't do that. It's not fair to you. It's not fair to the university. It's not fair to us. Go out there and play hard. Go out there and rep our university. Overhangs, cheetahs, and you know the rest of the crew. Guys, some of you guys think you should be on the field. My advice to you is earn it this week. You guys are watching the film today or tomorrow. Either it was today or tomorrow, you're going to watch it. The film is not going to lie. Let this be the week you step your game up. Let this be the week you stay early. Uh, you come early and you stay late. Make sure you get your list in. Make sure your homework's done, right? Somebody's going to get an opportunity this week because you did the little things that matter. Somebody's going to miss their opportunity and you're going to complain. Be interesting to see which community those guys in show up in. So top to bottom, <laughs> you know, it's a game we got to learn from. It's a tough pill to swallow from the coach down to every position group. What I'm thinking is from now on, you guys got to earn it with me. I'm not picking another blowout. By the way, ain't nobody in the the, the conference terrible this year. We can't even just assume we'll blow out Kansas. So to summate this and and to close it down, Barry, I'm, I'm just telling you guys, based upon what I've seen, I want you guys to put up and prove it every single week and i know you can those are my 10 thoughts i'm excited guys do me a favor 
give me your biggest takeaways. You can either post them on IG. You can post them on Twitter. I'm interested to know what you guys are thinking about. What are some of the questions you have as it relates to the team? Generally, I'll take a day or two and respond to them. As many as I can get to, I respond to them personally. You can see what other folks have asked. Uh, my uh, Instagram is Dame That Dude. You'll find me. Just look it up. My Instagram is uh, D. Dot. I added a dot. By the way, I, I added a dot, Barry. So it's D. Mac 13. Um, again, you'll see me there. Shout out to like the 12 people who follow me. I'm feeling pretty good about myself. I got like 12 followers on, on Twitter now. I'm feeling pretty special. But guys, let's make this our weekly deal where we go on and have a community conversation. In fact, what's that thing called on Barry? What's it called? Twitter what? Oh, a Twitter space or something like yeah, that? Yeah. We need to do a Twitter space and, and have the have the 10 thoughts on there and let folks ask their questions. Cause it's you listen, it's been something that's gotten a lot of traction in the past. And I want to see it continue to develop and grow and be something we continue to move forward with. So last thing I'll say is this. Um looking forward to new partnerships and relationships. I'm looking forward to continuing to to build out this podcast and connect and, and work with uh uh just a couple of different places uh that really value our content and 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 think this partnership or relationship is something that'll be valuable to them. Uh I'm looking forward to making an announcement probably in the next week. I'd say by next week we'll have an announcement to make and uh, I'm gonna ask all of you guys to go participate and get involved in that. <clears throat> but for tonight, guys, let's take this one on the chin. Let's not make excuses. Let's not go on all over social media and complain and blame and be victims. Guys, we lost the better team won on Saturday. We might get a chance to see their ass again. And when we do, we better be ready to kick their ass, man, because we have the better team and we deserve a victory. Let's go. Yeah, got some big announcements coming soon. Uh, you can say that they are out of the blue. So uh, let you guys run with that as you wish. But, uh, man, DMAC, the people are going to love that. I will tell you something off air right after this. Uh, but guys, thank you all so much for uh, listening. And gals, thank you all so much. My collectives there. Thank you all for listening to the podcast. Make sure to go leave a rating and review. We are dedicated to this. We are making this happen. It is. It is in the wee hours. But we want you all to have this as soon as you can, while the while the iron is still hot. So please go show your gratitude by leaving a rating and review. We will keep on spilling this content out. As DMAC said, major announcements coming uh, coming soon. Go follow the Barry and Mac show on Instagram, at BYS Fitness, at Dame That Dude, at the Barry and Mac, at, at Barry and Mac, SHW on Twitter. And uh, just go go show us the love, guys, because, uh, I mean, we appreciate everything you guys have, uh, have done for the show and helping it grow. And uh, can't thank you enough. So uh, I guess we'll leave you all with that. Nationwide. Guys, sit down.